Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 3, Term 4. This is Lesson 32. We are beginning Chapter 13. And uh, this is Jesus preaches throughout Galilee. We're going to continue on from where we left off, which is the reason why we were following Mark's Gospel to begin with, because he follows this in chronological order. So we're just going to continue on in Mark chapter 1, following that tremendous healing ministry that took place the night before at Peter's door. It goes on to say now in verse 35, Now in the morning, and Luke says, when it was day, or literally as day broke, having risen a long time or long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there, or it says a deserted place, and there he prayed. There he prayed. Now isn't this interesting? Jesus has had something incredible happened. Alright? And instead of just sitting there and thinking about how wonderful it was and, you know, having a cup of coffee with the boys and saying, wasn't that a really great healing meeting? And, you know, did you see all the people that were healed? And isn't that what people do? Do you know, a lot of times I've been with ministers and stuff and um, those are the sort of things that they do. You know, they, they have their little downtime and they're going, they you know, sit and they chat and talk about everything that happened and everything else. Isn't it interesting Jesus didn't do that? Amen? What does He do? He goes off and talks to the God the Father. It, you know, don't ever look at prayer as, oh, He went and did something religious. Okay? <laughs> okay? No, no, He didn't do something religious. He needed to go back and talk to God. All of this had happened. He needed insight. He needed to talk to the Father about what was the next thing to do. Because we know something is going to happen because of all of this. To think about all the people now are coming and they know He can heal and He can drive out demons. He can do stuff that's, you know, all He's missing is a cape. You know, you'll be the less on it. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, think about this. to, to, To them, He's doing incredible things. Alright, and he, he, he doesn't have like a 80% success rate. I mean, every single thing that was thrown at him, he did it. He defeated it, he overcame it, re- rebuked it, healed, whatever he needed to do, it was done. Now, they haven't seen anything like this. I mean, even the hospitals, nothing comes close to this. Are you all here? So, you know what they're thinking? Oh, this is something beyond normal. Uh, perhaps we need to build a statue or something. And, and may, remember Pete has the idea when they go up on the mountain? When they, in fact, there's going to come a time when they're going to forcibly try to make him king and he's going to walk away from it. Which is going to upset him a bit. <laughs> okay? You know why? Not because how wonderful he is. It's what he can do for them. That's right. you know, and, and they didn't realize what he was doing was for them. That he was going to die for them. Amen? And their greatest disappointment was the greatest victory that was at hand. Anyway, R. Kent Hughes says, this, uh, describes this scene so well when he writes, Jesus had gotten as much sleep as he desired and he woke. It was dark and everyone was asleep in the house. He noiselessly stole out of the room and found his way to the street. Soon he was out of town and climbing a hillside to some remote spot. And the verse says again, there he prayed. Amen. I mean, he got out. 
And he went out, found somewhere away from all the noise and all the hype, and he prayed. Okay? I believe that this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. It not only shows us the importance of prayer, but also the importance of praying on your own. See, a lot of people like to pray together, and that's not, nothing wrong with that. But you need to be careful that you're not wanting people there because you can't pray by yourself. Because you need that buddy to pray. Because <laughs> you fall asleep or whatever. Okay, we need to learn that we need to have a one-on-one time with God. And there are some things we need to talk to Him about that we may not want anybody else to hear. Yeah. Amen. Alright? Especially when you're admitting all the things that you've done wrong or you know anything that you feel like you've had in your heart that you shouldn't have. And, and if God talks about something... You know, we don't want to say, well, we don't talk about that in front of these people, Lord. You know, <laughs> amen, you know, okay, he just needs to be able to talk to you, and you need to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize I did that. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, one of the, uh, can, can I say this? One of the most important things that you can do is declare out of your mouth certain things that will allow God and allow the angels to work on your behalf. Absolutely. Can I say that? Yeah. Too much of the time we're speaking things out that allows the devil to work on our behalf. And we need to be careful the things that we say and the things that we do. Amen? In the Gospel accounts, let's move on. Jesus was praying, I'm, I'm on page 2. Jesus was praying when he, when he was baptized, Luke 3.21. And in time to come, we will see He prays before, He will pray, excuse me, before He chooses His 12 disciples, that's in Luke 6.12. And also praying when He miraculously feeds the 5,000. Alright, see He doesn't do that as a religious thing. Now let's just bless this stuff. He didn't bless it, he multiplied it. You know? And when he's picking his disciples, he's like, are you sure you want me to pick Judas? I have a bad feeling about him. (laughs) Okay? Hello? Come on now. Remember Jesus knew everything that was going on on the inside of people. Hmm? I would have prayed all night just for that one. I mean, the other 11, you know, other 11 are okay, God. I mean, there's a few wonky ones there. But, you know, this one, really this one? Let's talk about it all night. <laughs> okay, alright. Alright. After that, we, we will see him praying on the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke 9.28. And also at Lazarus's tomb. That's in John 11. He will also pray for Peter before his denial. Luke 22.32 And at the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that, in Mark 14, verses 32-39. through 39. Then on the cross, in Luke uh, 23.34, and also after His resurrection. Isn't it interesting? After His resurrection, He still prays. He didn't say, well, I'm, I've, uh, you know, I'm here, boys, I don't need to pray anymore. See, it wasn't religious to Him. There was always purpose in communicating with God. Please... Go into prayer with purpose. Don't go because you have to pray now. Because, you know, if you don't, you feel bad and God's going to get upset with you. Please don't do that. He'll get upset with you for that attitude. That's right. Okay? You know, you need to go in with a passion. You need to go in with something stirring in your heart. You need to go in with saying with something you want to talk to God about or you need God to do something about. Let me, let me just stop for a minute here. Why is it... Are you ready? This is one of those rhetorical questions. Rhetorical. Anyway. (laughs) Why is it that we meditate on our problems? We think about the things that are going wrong. We think deeply about how can we fix this. And we go to pray and we don't know what to pray about. Big yawn. Our Father who art in heaven. That'll do. That'll do. Alright, let's go back to warring now. (laughs) Are you all with me? If you took that passion into prayer, 
See, this is a problem we're having. We are not learning to take it to God in prayer. We leave it outside the prayer room, we go in, become religious for a little while, come back out, pick it up and keep going. Do you know that's why the Apostle Peter said, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Alright? And remember it says also, don't be anxious about anything. But in all things through prayer and supplication. See, again, it's saying, listen, you can either worry about things, or you can take that to God and let Him look after it. And then come out worry-free. Do you get this? So, see, what you need to learn to do is this. When you start thinking about something to where you are actually getting concerned about something, I'm giving you gold now. Are you all awake? Okay. When you start thinking about something and it starts to concern you, pray. Take that. Take that straight away. That is what you need to pray. Take that concern and say, God, instead of holding it and going, Dear Lord, what do I do? Hello? Okay. Or, or, or hassling your husband or wife with it and they, they're not God. But you know, let them worry too. If I'm worrying, they should be worrying. I'm not going to worry about myself. Hello. <laughs> Pulled the file there. Anyway, okay. All right, listen, man. This is, this, that's not what you want. What you want to do is say, hang on a second. I can't handle this. God, you need to handle this. That's what should be going off in your mind straight away. Whenever you run into an issue, whenever you run into a problem, whenever something, somebody does something wrong to you or something is going wrong in your life, something isn't working the way it should, you're not getting enough money as you should, that promotion should have been yours. I don't care. Instead of whining to everybody, go straight to God and say, that should have been mine what happened. And let Him carry it. Did you get that? You won't need to find time to pray. You'll be praying all the time. There'll be something happening all the time in your life. (laughs) Okay? And I'm not talking only about bad things. Do you know, I've, I've looked sometimes and said, oh, I wish... Dot, dot, dot. And God says, why don't you pray? I can do something about that. See, we can give in so many ways. When you look and see something that you wish you could do something about, you can. Start praying and allow God to start moving. Amen? Because He has the provision. He's got what they need. You may not. He does. Isn't that interesting? That we don't have to have something in order to pray for someone to get something. He's got it all. You just need to know who to contact. Amen? I know a lot of times in our tithes and offerings we say, you know, you can't give something unless you have it. That's true from a natural sense, but there's a spiritual aspect that you can even though you don't have it. You can pray it in. Amen? Okay, so no more uh, boring prayer for you, right? Amen. Say it by faith. Amen. All right, so. (laughs) Okay. Okay, in his commentary, Arkent Hughes says that Jesus wants us to live our lives on the same basis. If Jesus prayed in order to live a godly uh, life full of power, so must we. He adds, Christ not only lived in the spirit of prayer, I like that, the spirit of prayer, praying all the time. But he also needed regular times of prayer as well. Okay, So he didn't just have a spirit of prayer where he was constantly talking to God and he constantly had this communication line open with God All right, about everything. There were times he needed to talk to God. He like needed to talk to God. 
Amen. You know, it's one of those times where, you know, just like in your office, there are times when you're, you're interacting with your co-workers and so on and so forth. And, you know, you, you, a, a word here, a word there and everything else. But there are times when you say, meeting in the room now. Okay, now <laughs> you can see what I'm trying to say. So there are those both times. There are times, that, but see what's important that you are constantly communicating. He was constantly communicating. Interesting, isn't it? And then when he called a meeting with God, he was used to hearing God. He didn't have to say, "Now it was that you, God? Was that me? Was that the devil?" Was he? okay. He didn't have to go down the whole list because he was in constant communication. He knew the voice of God, and so will you. Okay? Alright, moving on. Prayer needs to be redefined as communing with God. Not just about what we need, or what others need, but what we are to do next, and where we are to go next. And why the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse 18, Pray at all times, and on every occasion, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, notice, at all times, on every occasion. That means it doesn't matter what you're going through, be in prayer. Okay? And notice, not just fleshly prayer, in the power of the Spirit. You need Him empowering you, so that you've got... You know, it's an interesting thing, when the, when the Spirit of God empowers you, you go into prayer almost knowing what to pray for and where it's going to go. It's a, it's a funny thing, I don't know how to, how to say this really. It's almost like you go in knowing the answer. Do you know why? Because you need to pray the answer. Yeah. Amen. Isn't it interesting? As soon as you make that connection, God tells you straight away, this is what you need to do. Amen. And then you can pray in faith. Now, returning to Mark chapter 1, since Jesus probably spent the night at Simon Peter's home, following all the healings the night before, it might explain why Simon Peter is mentioned prominently, as it goes in the say, in verses 36 and 37, and Simon and those who are with him. See, make sure that you understand why it mentioned Simon, because it was his house. And Simon and those who were with him, because it was in his house, which Luke uh, identifies as a crowd, searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Now you know why he went up and prayed alone. Because people never, you know what? They can never get enough of you. Once you start filling needs, they want you more and more. They don't care how you're doing. They care what you can do for us over here. Of course, once mine is done, then you better rest. Because the next guy wants them, you know, you as desperately as they did, but no, 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 you know, they're okay now because they're okay. No, no, he needs to go and rest now. Be careful you don't do that either. Why don't you tell him to go rest when you needed him? <laughs> Just saying, just saying, okay? <laughs> I'm going to bring this stuff to you, alright? William Hendrickson puts it best when he says, They were determined to find him, and they found Jesus. Their intention was to bring him right back to Capernaum, where everybody, that is a large crowd of people, perhaps gathered again in front of Peter's house, was looking for Jesus. Amen. So Luke brings this out in his account. When he writes in Luke chapter 4, the latter half of verse 42, And the crowd sought him, and came to him, and tried to keep him from leaving them. Get it? <laughs> okay. They had obviously found a good thing. And I'm on page 3 now. And they wanted to keep him all to themselves. But Jesus was not going to allow people in general, or even his own disciples, to confine him to one place. 
Okay? Not even his own disciples. And why it says in Mark 1.38, But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. Amen? I'm on the top of page 3. Alright. First, firstly, notice the phrase, Let us go. It indicates that Jesus wanted his disciples to accompany him as he went on to minister in the towns and villages throughout the region of Galilee. It was his way of training them for the difficult task ahead of them. Alright, because remember, he's not going to be with them forever. So he needs them to watch and learn. See, this is another thing that people like to do, they want to be in one place. Now, understand something, traveling doesn't make you anything special. You're just in a different piece of dirt. Okay, <laughs> listen to me. The only thing that traveling does is get you to different people. Yes. Alright, so don't get caught up in where you're going, it's who you're going to. Yes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Alright, and that, that, that needs because, uh, you know, you, you hear a lot about people sort of saying, oh, you have to go overseas, you know, an overseas ministry. Well, just because you cross a bit of water, doesn't make you any different just because you cross water. You're in a plane and you cross water. Hear me, please. It's what you're doing where you are is what matters. Absolutely. Jesus didn't fly anywhere. Not there were planes there. But he could have if he wanted to. Right? He didn't need an airplane, you know. Okay. But the thing was, it wasn't that he was an overseas minister or anything. It's because what he did was so extraordinary. Blew everyone's mind. It's like, how, you know, that's why they said they were just astonished. They were out of their minds in astonishment. They did, we have never seen stuff like this. We've never heard anything like this. See, you don't have to go anywhere. To be special. Amen? They may ask you there because of what is going on in your life. But don't go there to become something. If you're not already something here, keep working at it. Okay. Go to God some more. You need to go to God some more. Okay, back to this. Second, Jesus goes on to say, I'm watching the clock now, uh, that I may preach, for this purpose I have come. Alright, indicating that one of the primary reasons for him being there was to preach. And not just preach anything, but as Luke brings out in his gospel, in Luke 4.43, he said to him, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Alright, which comprise both of Jews and Gentiles, because for this purpose I have been sent. So I, I need you to understand something now. He has just healed every single person of every single thing. They are looking at him and thinking, this power is extraordinary. We want you to heal everyone, every time, all the time. Everybody that gets sick and you know, got a hang toenail or you know, anything that goes wrong, I got a bit of a headache, could you heal me? They want him for that. He's saying, listen man, that's okay, look, I'm healing you so you can listen to what I have to say. What I have to say is more important than me just healing you. Because if I don't speak these things out to you, you're never going to get it. Do you hear me? See, that's why the Apostle Paul said that as we hear, it is the renewing of the mind that allows us to walk in God's good, acceptable and perfect will. Alright? And if we never renew our mind, if we never get the Word of God and begin to renew our mind, then our heart will never become powerful and strong and exercise faith the way it should. And then we'll never do all the things that God asks us to do. See, the thing is that you need to understand that just as much as a mechanic can come and fix your car, it's better if he shows you how he fixed it and what he did. 
So if the thing goes wrong again, next time you know how to fix it. You don't just keep calling him back every time. Mm-hmm. Jesus, this is, what Je- you know, this is what people are saying. My car's broken, God, Jesus, fix it. Oh, don't tell us how, we just want you to fix it. Next time it's broken, we can come back again. Jesus is going, wait, 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 no, no, no. I'll show you what I'm doing so you know how to fix this thing. Absolutely. Do you understand? So this is why he's preaching. I'm using a very today example, but you understand what I'm trying to say. He's saying, listen, I'm preaching. You need to hear what I'm saying. You need to understand why you can go. See, they had knowledge behind laying hands on the sick, behind casting out demons. They knew why they could do that. That's why when he sent them out, they did it. They did what he said, what they had seen him do, what he had preached. It worked. Amen? Had he not preached, they wouldn't have known what was behind all of it. See, this is, we miss all of this, because not everything is recorded. You need to understand a lot of times, you know, why the Gospels are put there. You know, we, we have... One of the things was that the Jews had a problem receiving Jesus, because how come He was crucified? That was their big question. If He was God in the flesh, how come He was crucified? If we we can't answer that question, we don't want to follow Him, see? So the Gospels talk about His birth, the lineage He came from. They talk about what He did in, in relation. That's why Matthew's Gospel writes it in relation to the Old Testament. The Old Testament said, God will come in flesh, He will do all these things. Get it? So, they were, what they were writing for most of the time, and not Luke, but okay, because he was Gentile, man, he just talked to all of us. But what they were a lot of times trying to do, most of what the gospel was trying to do was say, listen, everything about Jesus told us that he was God. But not only what he ministered, but what he did as well. And you can't, you know, you can say anything, but proof is in the pudding. If you lay on the sick and they recover, when you cast out demons, every single one of them go out. Something is going on there. They're saying, listen, all of this was done so you know He was your Messiah. And then you crucified Him. Bad move. The way you did it was bad. Oh, He was meant to die. But, you know, okay, could have gone another way. I'm just leave it there, okay? But, but, and that's, that's the reason why some of the, 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 a lot of the Gospels are written to say, this is all the evidence that we see, all the stuff that I can preach from, and I'm preaching to you, and what he did was also used to let the Jews know that this actually happened. This is how it happened, and it happened because he was God. But the thing was, he said, greater works than these shall you do. Oh, I love that he said that. Otherwise, all of this would be just for Jesus, not for us. Amen? Thank God he said Thank God he said that. Doesn't the Apostle Paul do anything? Jesus said it. Amen. Alright? And so, what, what, you know, one of the things that we see is that that was what they were doing. In what they were writing, in all the things that he did. That's why if you watch, that's why the Apostle John says, I could have said a lot more. Now the whole point of saying all that was to say this. They didn't write a lot of what he preached and all the wonderful sermons that he ministered. Because the, their, their goal wasn't what he ministered, it was who he was. You all hear? Who he was, was God. Manifested in the flesh. That if we receive Jesus Christ, if we, you know, that is the only name by which men are saved. Get it? It was about salvation. Here he is. Here's his genealogy. This is what he did to prove that he was God. He died so that you could be redeemed. Now call upon his name so you can. That was it. That was the gospel. 
Alright? All the details in there, all these things. That's the reason why they have so much of stuff happening on the Sabbath day. <laughs> Do you know why they put those accounts in? Because they were trying to tell a Jewish audience, this is the reason why he was crucified, because the Jews got mad that Jesus did stuff on a day that they said it shouldn't be done. But the whole point was, if it was against God's will for Jesus to do stuff like this on that day, God would have never healed anyone. Hello? So how do you reconcile that? You can't. Which means that God was with him. And everything that he did was by the power of God. Because he healed, not just on the Sabbath, he healed all the time. Absolutely. Alright, so next time you read the Gospels and you keep saying it was Sabbath day, it was Sabbath day, and the Jews are all nuts and going crazy. <laughs> okay? Now you know why. They're saying that's why he was crucified, because religious people were, were going crazy based on their, their misinterpretation of the Sabbath. And Jesus showed them in no uncertain terms that God never intended for that, be, that to be the case. If you were sick and you lay hands on somebody on the Sabbath, man, and he picked up his bed and walked, God was not going to say, oh, He's working! Quick, take the healing away. No. The guy stayed healed. Amen? So that's the reason. So we, we didn't get a lot of the stuff that Jesus preached. John himself said, there, if, if we were to write everything that happened, I'm just loosely paraphrasing this, he said if we were to write everything that happened, there wouldn't be enough volumes and books to hold them. Interesting, isn't it? So we need to know there was a lot more going on. Alright, so you need to know that a lot of that stuff that we don't know, that Jesus preached to them, that's why he said, I need to preach. And what incredible sermons he would have preached. I believe he would have said, this is how it was meant to be. I believe he would have gone back to Genesis and said, this is how it, he would have had to hold back, I created you. But this is how you were created. This is what you were created. Can you imagine the person that made you at the very beginning, 4,000 years later, comes and talks to you and says, let me tell you your true purpose. <sighs> now you see why they were just going and they expected things to happen. He said, this is how I made you. Now go do it. Amen? Long and short of it. Wow, that would have got me going. And I have to quit. Hopefully you're getting something out of this. <clears throat> we'll pick this up next time. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, and we'll pray and finish. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for this time in your word. We thank you, Father, for all that we are learning and growing. And Father, I just thank you that this isn't just a word. I thank you, Father, that this is coming with power. And I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is confirming this word on the inside of each and every individual here. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, that as they step out, whatever little step that they take, I thank you, God, that the power of God will come flooding through and you will confirm your word with signs following in each and every one of their lives. I also thank you, Father, that you will help give them the wisdom to know how to take these steps so that we're not trying to do things beyond where we are right now but that we never stop pushing forward. That we do exercise our faith. That we do make it grow on purpose, every day, in every way. So that the time comes when we're not just moving a mountain, we are moving mountains out of our life and other people's lives. And we are being the light of the world and the salt of the earth that you designed us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.